When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Realistic Randy is one of the OG callers into Vikings Vet Line. And now, he's one of the biggest Vikings YouTube superstars on Earth. His Vikings pain is now your game. This is Realistic Randy Rants with Randy and Declan on Purple Daily and Score North. Realistic Randy, my main man. Back at it here with me to break down some Vikings preseason thoughts. I'm excited to talk about this as well. We got a new backup quarterback we're going to get into. The Vikings finally went out and uh, addressed that need in, in getting a, a legitimate backup QB. Randy's got takes on that. I can't wait to get there. Obviously, we had a, not a debacle, but a classic Randy, like preseason football game where it was a slugfest. It was kind of hard to watch by like the end of the second quarter, but there's yep. still positives to take away. You and I were emailing and talking back and forth before the show. And actually, I talked about this with Phil Mackey today, too, on Mackey and Judd and Purple Daily, just on the impact that I think this rookie class is going to have. And I think specifically, Brian Asamoa, dude, looks like an absolute dog. And and he might be someone that can come in occasionally, but he actually legitimately might be a linebacker of the future here, kind of like Eric Kendricks, who wasn't a first-round pick, but also ended up being a, a pretty damn good linebacker for the Vikings for years to come. Your thoughts on a Vikings rookie linebacker, Brian Asamoa? Brian Asamoa is a star in the making, Declan. Dalton. I love it. And I I feel like even this year, his rookie year, he can be super valuable in passing downs. He's super fast, very quick. And I, I just, I hate, this is something that I have to get over within myself. Okay. I hate that I'm very excited about this guy because it takes me back to Anthony Barr. Believe uh, it or not, okay. I was a big fan of Anthony Barr after his rookie year. So this is something that I have to get over within myself. As far as saying with Barr, it was his rookie year. He was hungry in the belly. He was getting after it. And then after that, he got comfortable. But Brian Asamoah is a guy that can, the way he closes on the ball carrier, especially in passing downs, football baseline is a tough-ass sport. Yeah, It's Fast, it's violent. You have the toughest of the toughest of football players out there. And Brian Osamoa, there are there are guys that once in a while you see on the field. I feel like on offense, it happens more often, especially in this day and age, with the rules being geared towards the offense, maximizing. But once in a while, you see guys on defense where they just pop. Right. Brian Osamoa is a lightning bolt, especially in the passing down screen games. The short passing downs, whereas in open space where it's, oh, man, this dude, he's about to bust off for a first down. Brian Asamoah closes that gap like no tomorrow. 
And I got to be very careful in this comparison that I'm about to say. I'm not saying he's the same talent level or skill level as this guy. But as far as intensity, the way he closes on the football, the pop that he delivers, I'm going to say it, Ray Lewis. Damn. it's I'm saying it right now. As far as talent and skill, that's a whole different thing. But as far as the heat that he delivers, and it's a clean tackle. It is the textbook tackle that you want to see in today's league. But the heat that he delivers after the speed that he closes on the football, Ray Lewis. Damn. I don't care. I love it. He's a star in the making, bro. I mean, all right. I, I said Eric Kendricks, right? Like I said, hey, he might be like next kind of Eric Kendricks, at least from the dude that was not a day one pick but still has stuck around and become like legitimately one of the better linebackers in the NFL since Kendricks entered the league, is Brian Mosa on the same track. If the floor is Eric Kendricks, which is, again, a Pro Bowl linebacker who, who's going to give you six, seven really solid seasons, and the ceiling is G.D. Ray Lewis, Hall of Famer, one of the, most, one of the best linebackers to ever do it, well, I, I think I like the trajectory there, Brian Osmo. I, I think what I'm curious is, all right, so they brought in Jordan Hicks, kind of fill up that weak side of their linebacker in general, I think I think he's a solid player. I think he even led the team his own team in tackles last year. He, he's he's a good player, but if Asamoah continues to pop, if he continues to get more run in practice, and unfortunately, I think what usually happens is if there's an injury to someone like Jordan Hicks, mm-hmm. does Brian Asamoah then come and fill that void where he plays so damn well enough that you can't put Jordan Hicks back as being a starter? Doesn't mean he can't not contribute, but is Brian Asamoah actually a, like a hidden gem? in this rookie class here that we're not talking about enough. I love your trajectory here for Brian Asamoah, the next Ray Lewis. The way that he hits the ball carriers, it's one of those to where once the guy gets up, he's going to second guess himself going over the middle. Or if he sees pre-snap, Asamoah is on his side and it's a passing down. And there's a chance that that outlet pass is going to him. Okay, I got to worry about 33. And the way that he sniffs out plays, I'm just telling you, he's different, bro. Asamoah 33 is different. The way that he sniffs out plays and just moves, he's fast, he's intense. This is a star in the making, and I can't wait. I think Jordan Hicks is a very solid player, but I think even on obvious passing downs, third and long situations, Asamoah is going to be out there. But like you said, if there's any sort of injury, 33, he's going to make his mark. You know, I I love looking at um, NFL.com during their prospect rankings of the draft, Randy, and looking like at the mm-hmm. overview of of the of the words that are used to describe football players. This is the this is the first sentence from uh, Lance Zerline on Brian Osamoa's prospect page on NFL.com. Let's hear it. A sea ball, get ball linebacker with an itchy, twitchy trigger and explosive pursuit speed. My God, my God. Football. I, I don't think I with, with this team. I don't think I've seen anything like it to that level. And Eric Kendricks is the greatest Vikings linebacker that I've seen following this team in twenty plus years. Yeah, he yeah. moves. It's like it's there's no there's no reason he should be moving that fast as a linebacker. There really isn't. So the fact that we have him, I mean, great things are to come for him. Yeah, another strength from his page is does the heavy lifting as most of his tackles were solo efforts. He has quick read and react in the early stages of the rep. Uh, His projectable traits and flashes as a playmaker. 
Some weaknesses from him, according to his page, mm-hmm. is he's built like a puffed-up box safety, which, I mean, that sounds more football-y sure. to me. Yep. Uh, you know, I see that. You know, he got, yeah, I, I can understand what that means. Um, needs to play with control and patience in scrap mode and takes inconsistent angles to get the tackles. So, I mean, that, that, that could be like a boomer bust kind of player. You remember, Randy, do you remember um, Jasper Brinkley? Vikings linebacker Jasper Brinkley. Ish. Ish, right? Yes. I mean, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's the same player. But Jasper Brinkley had this ability. He is why I think the hit stick is on Madden. Like, he's the guy. If, if he made contact, the dude was going to blow that guy back five yards, potentially force a fumble. The issue is, dude was always going for hit stick mode, missed a ton of tackles, wasn't that great of a linebacker when he had to fill in for EJ Henderson, who had the, obviously the really gruesome injury with his leg. Um Again, I think Osmo is a better linebacker than Os- uh, Osmo is a better linebacker than Jasper Brinkley is going to be. But I-, I love the trajectory, man, and I also think it just goes into the fact that this rookie class, which usually you never really know for a few years if it's going to project to be something. And I think none of these guys outside of Ed Ingram, who I know we're going to talk about today more too, um, most of these guys aren't going to necessarily be starters. But you can make a case: Seen, Booth, Ingram. Asamoah, even if Ty Chandler is uh, active on the 53, there's like there's four to five guys in this draft class that are probably going to contribute to the Vikings immediately, which is rare to say they have four or five guys like that that can step in and when called upon are going to contribute. I, I think they have four or five dudes that are actually going to be pretty established contributors for them in 2022. I had a Caleb Evans to that as well, but Boom. with Got him. Asamoah, Going to the Niners game, there was a particular play that I did see that goes into the negatives with okay. 33, as in can be a bit reckless at times. There was one play, I don't remember the the receivers for the Niners, but there was basically a switch off where there were two sets of receivers right next to each other and they made a switch. Asamoa misread that. There was some sort of miscommunication to where he and the defender next to him, they went after the underneath. The guy that ended up going over was wide open, and that was a catch. So that was on Asamoa because he should have took the inside guy that ended up going over the top. But you know what? The good outweighs the bad Mm -hmm. because this is a guy where that's coaching. You can, you know what? I will take a guy who is hungry, who is motivated, who wants to get after it, to where, okay, let's coach this guy up on technique. You can coach this guy into a very, very good player as long as he has the want to. And that's why going back to uh, he's gone now, whatever. But that's why the reason why I was hesitant on that comparison as far as why I'm so excited right now, Anthony Barr, I don't think he had the want to after his rookie year because he got comfortable. This is a guy where if you can keep that fire going, coach up the technique, Realize the the receivers he needs to go after and passing downs when there's some sort of switch up, he'll be just fine. This guy wants to play football, and I'm so glad he's on this team. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm excited to watch him in this entire rookie class. I think that's been the cool thing I've seen from the preseason is there's a lot of rookies here that I think are going to be, again, not starters, but contributors immediately to this Vikings team with obviously the goal long-term after 2022 being starters for the Vikings but I think that's what's been really impressive to me is this rookie class. And, I, you know, Ed Ingram's now been the guy 
who is probably going to be the only week one starter uh, when it's all said and done when they play the Packers. He was the only lineman who was actually active, you know, on that first team. Most of the other guys were inactive uh, for the second straight preseason game. You know, we did an Ed Ingram appreciation episode uh, last week, Randy, and the dude continues to get plenty of run. Um, PFF has liked him, at least in the preseason snaps against twos and threes. Uh, Just Ed Ingram actually might help establish your interior offensive line, which is something the Vikings have been asking for. I mean, the rotation that they've had at right guard over the last 10 years, trying to figure out anyone to try to plug the hole, and they might have a legitimate dude in Ed Ingram who continues to show up in preseason games for them, and hopefully will still be a week one starter for the Vikings against the Packers. Uh, He should be the week one starter for the Vikings, and he did give up a sack against Javon Kinlaw, but it happens. Javon Kinlaw is a guy that, in the 2020 draft, excuse me, that's a guy that I really wanted the Vikings to take. I think he ended up going 14th out of South Carolina. He dealt with injuries the past two years, but if injury is not an issue, he's a very talented player. He gave up a sack to him. It happens. But outside of that, very clean game. In fact, he, Ingram, along with Austin Schlotman, did a very good job as far as double teaming, and I feel like the communication was on point. Ingram's football awareness is impeccable. I get more and more excited the more that I watch this guy because Schlotman and Ingram, they'll double team a guy, and if there's more pressure coming, a blitz package or something coming that they may not have seen, or projected pre-snap, Ingram will let up and then go to that missile that's coming after the quarterback or the running back. He's very smart. And on that touchdown to Ty Chandler, that running that running touchdown that he had, I don't know if it was the second or the third quarter, whatever that was, Ingram blew up two guys at the goal line to make that happen. His upper body strength, run blocking, pass blocking it doesn't matter it went from for me a guy that's like okay he should be the starter to where now just imagining him alongside with brian o'neill it is sexy it is it is so fun to watch to where man yeah you add one little piece of this at offensive line you keep doing it in little tidbits and that's ed ingram right now so i i feel like we're getting closer and closer to having a legit offensive line, a competent offensive line, you can just address the center spot. My God, I will jump for joy right now. But Ed Ingram, no, he's the real deal. Yeah, they've been they've been plugging the dam essentially with, with the floodgates that have been that offensive line, which has been leaking for 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 years now. And look, Austin Schlotman, who looks like he'll probably be the backup center to Garrett Bradbury, I thought played really well uh, in in the second preseason game, PFF gave him a great grade. He didn't allow a, a pressure uh, to to an opposing quarterback. I thought that was a big step forward. You know, they've said it's an open competition, but still Garrett Bradbury's position to lose. I'd be pretty surprised. I, maybe not pretty surprised, just regular surprised if Schlotman ends up succeeding Garrett Bradbury uh, by by the time the regular season starts. But I, I think the pressure is there. Like I think I think they have liked Austin Schlotman for the lack of a better word on the pressure point. Um, where he could eventually slide in there. I mean, they gave, what, Mason Cole run at center after Bradbury got caught with COVID. They still started him for a little bit last year. It's not like they're this organization's in love with Garrett Bradbury. The new regime is not in love with him. They've called it the open competition. I actually wonder if Austin Schlotman has a chance down the line and during the regular season to potentially be the starting center. It, would, it wouldn't surprise me. He has a chance. I need to see more from him, though. And... 
that game against the Niners, yes, he did a really good job. He, along with Ed Ingram, they're a very nice tandem together. And obviously with the floor that Garrett Bradbury sets, yeah. it doesn't take much to eclipse that. But with Schlotman, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but there were times where Mannion and Mon avoided some sort of would-be pressure that Schlotman gave up because there were times strength-wise to where going up, and we're talking about going up against the twos and the threes. I saw a couple of instances to where I said, if he were to go up against the ones, I don't know about this. With that said, Garrett Bradbury against the ones can't hold up against anybody. I want to see him this week against Denver. I think he's got some good momentum, Austin Schlotman. And if he can hold his own against Denver, then I would say enough momentum is built up for this guy. And if you want to make the switch, go ahead. Don't get me wrong. I want Bradbury gone ASAP. I still want the Vikings to make a move. We'll talk about this later as far as the move trading for Nick Mullins, backup quarterback. Thank God the Vikings <laughs> finally did something about that. But we still have the issue of center. J.C. Hassenhauer from Pittsburgh, if you can trade for him, that's the backup center in Pittsburgh right now, ironically enough, behind Mason Cole or J.C. Treader in free agency. But if Austin Schlotman against Denver holds up well, I'm like, you know what? Go for it. Why not? Yeah, I love he that, He has man. potential. I do. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, other rookies and other defensive players that have, have stood out to me, Randy, obviously Ty McGill, for whatever reason, this veteran who's like might be the MVP of the preseason. He's at least been one of the most noticeable players uh, on defense for the Vikings. He had a couple sacks uh, against the Niners. He's generating pressures. I thought he had, had a b- pretty big game against the Niners. Patrick Jones, who actually might end up being a really good defensive end uh, for the Vikings on the line there in this new scheme. I'm excited about that. We talked about a Caleb Evans uh, being another impactful guy on this rookie class. What have you kind of gathered from the defensive side of the ball? Obviously, all the focus has been on offense for the majority of this offseason, and rightfully so. But with this new scheme that Ed Donatel is cooking up, there's actually, like, low-key, I think, some defensive players that could end up being pretty legitimate contributors to the 2022 Vikes. Well, with the depth, you mentioned all three guys that I was going to talk about. The depth as far as on the defensive line, T.Y. McGill, seemed unblockable as especially as far as passing downs one and a half sacks he brought pressure all game long against the quarterback as far as what he adds to this defensive line I love it obvious passing downs if you want to maybe sub out a Dalvin Tomlinson or even a Harrison Phillips once in a while I feel good with T.Y. McGill being out there Patrick Jones has really stepped up this is a guy I feel very I feel very comfortable with him stepping in for Hunter or Smith if they have to catch a breather for a couple of snaps to where Patrick Jones come in. I feel just fine. I would put him ahead, first man up, ahead of DJ Wanham to replace those guys in snaps. And a Caleb Evans, listen, man, when it comes to, I think there are three position groups for this team, one on defense, two on offense to where, Eventually, we're talking about veterans that will inevitably, the Vikings are going to move on. So we'll talk about a Caleb Evans. Cornerback, P2, he's not going to be here forever. Running back with Madison, eventually Dalvin Cook at some point. But with Ty Chandler going off last week, you got to feel good about that. Madison, he's not going to be here after next year. And who knows if he's going to be here 
this year. They may end up trading him. And then wide receiver, Adam Thielen. I think we disagreed on this last week. You think Thielen, he's still going to be here. I think he's gone after this season. But we're talking about three position groups to where you've got guys in the waiting that can contribute right away. A Caleb Evans against the Niners. Big run stop on fourth and in, fourth in inches, mm-hmm. stealing the edge for the stop. Turnover on downs. He had his fingerprints all over that game. He also made another play. There was some sort of gadget play to where the after the quarterback made the completion to the receiver, the receiver was trying to get out to the edge. A Caleb Evans, he stopped that. And also in pass coverage, a Caleb Evans had a very good game against the Niners. And also, Andrew Booth Jr., apparently it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal as far as some sort of foot injury that he suffered yeah. against the Niners. Seems like he's going to be fine. But on defense, there's a lot to be excited about for this team with the young guys that we have. Uh, look, when you look at their cornerback position, I think that's, in my opinion, it's, it's their weakest position. It's the one that's most susceptible to being exposed. Um, you know, if Cam Dantzler takes a step forward, that's great. Still a question mark. Patrick Peterson's up there in age. You know, can mm-hmm. Andrew Booth and a Caleb Evans step in? I know Shannon Sullivan was signed from the Packers to potentially be, you know, a nice slot cornerback for them. But I think it's still their weakest position. But the the fun part is if Andrew Booth and a Caleb Evans take steps forward with Cam Dantzler, well, that plugs, man, two to three legitimate uh, areas of concern there. Patrick Peters is not going to be here forever. I think even he's more brought back here, not because he's a shutdown corner anymore, but because he means a lot to that locker room and, and he means a lot to those rookie players right now, too. But I think that's their weakest position. But if a Caleb Evans... Andrew Booth, yeah, he had, I believe it was a rolled ankle is what Ben Lieber said on the telecast. You know, if that's actually not a cause for concern, he's not actually banged up, that's fine. But I think if those two dudes step up, well, then all of a sudden, what goes to being your weakest position actually becomes a position of strength for the Vikings. Because I think opposing teams are probably going to be focusing on passing on the Vikings a ton this year, and rightfully so. Um, you know, Harrison Smith, Cam Bynum are good safeties, but their cornerbacks are just like, there's just so many question marks there. But if those two dudes step up, those rookies and Andrew Booth and Caleb Evans step forward, well, then it's going to change the narrative, I think, of how we view that Vikings secondary in 2022. Well, here's how you can alleviate that. Shannon Sullivan is the one guy on this secondary that I'm saying I really I don't feel good about him. Okay. The last couple of years in Green Bay, he was suspect as hell. But you do have a potential solution there. That is Cam Bynum. I know right now he would be the starting safety opposite of Harrison Smith, and he's a good safety, but you can put this guy in the slot. He's a good player, Cam Bynum is, to where, oh, my God, what do we do as far as the safety slot opposite of Harrison Smith if Cam Bynum goes to the nickel corner position? Well, you have Lewis seen your first-round pick. And by the way, Patrick Peterson, I know you mentioned, well, locker room presence, leadership. He's still a good player, man. Yeah. Last year, as far as the corner, and I know, we're talking about Bashad Breeland and Cam Dancer. He was up and down all last season. So there isn't much to go against. But Patrick Peterson was very good for the Vikings last year. He was solid. I think he's going to be solid again. But a Caleb Evans and Andrew Booth Jr., you have to feel really good about to where, okay, we have Cam Bynum in the slot, Lewis Seen. We have Booth, or and quite honest, and you know what? Booth, he had the foot injury, so maybe I'm just being super biased right now. Obviously, a Caleb Evans, he played damn near the whole game, so I, whatever. 
a Caleb Evans could play right now opposite corner if P2 were to retire today. Andrew Booth, we, I guess the jury is still out. I feel like he can be a bit handsy, a little bit too physical. I feel like with the rules geared towards this offense, he can get his hand caught in the cookie jar at times, which that's okay. He's a rookie. He's going to learn, but there's a lot to be excited about with this secondary. But Shannon Sullivan, I'm telling you, that's the guy that I'm saying I really don't know about this guy. If there's anybody on the secondary, and Cam Dancer is having a good camp. Yeah, He's had a good preseason. That's another guy that I said, man, Booth is going to take his job yesterday. I don't feel good about him at all. He's playing with a lot more swagger. But if there's anything to be concerned about with this secondary, it's the nickel corner position. Mm-hmm. And I think that should be Cam Bynum's job. Yeah, that, that's going to be interesting how they lose, use Lewis Seen, Cam Bynum, Harris Smith all on the field together, right? Because, like, obviously, together. Yeah. The, the two safeties are going to be the starters in, in Smith and Bynum, but then Seen can still step in and be what you're asking him to do. He can line up at linebacker. Like, that, that's where I want to see how the creative stew is made with, with Donatel and, and all these rookies because it's a new scheme. You're learning new things, but you can still get contributors in places we're probably sleeping on a little bit. And we've been so used to just traditional 4 3 defense that with this new new scheme that they're cooking up, they can get creative with how they want to deploy these dudes. And I think that's what's going to be so much fun to watch, even with the offense taking all the headlines, and rightfully so. How does the rest of that defense look after Zadarius Smith to Neil Hunter? Because I, I, I envision those two dudes getting after the quarterback a ton, but then how does the rest of the defense look? How well do they perform? You know, that Vikings defense was obviously pretty bad the last two seasons, so if they can take some step forward... That will be good news because I think the offense is what it is. It's going to be damn good. But can the Vikings defense kind of even things out a little bit? Because if they're 20th or 15th or so in defense, that's a significant step forward that probably buys you half a win or a win more. Uh, And that's where I want to see how the defense kind of shakes out. I'm curious on how it looks. Well, with Harrison Phillips is really shutting me up as far as potentially being the starting nose tackle. Yeah for this team. I still I still think it should be Dalvin Tomlinson because that's his that's his natural spot. I feel like you're maximizing the defensive line there. But I had major question marks on this defensive line and with Harrison Phillips showing out and Dalvin Tomlinson, you know what he's going to do. I feel a lot better about that. Armand Watts, I think the jury is out. TY McGill is out there if need be. I don't know if he's a starter right now at this level. But as far as defensive players, you mentioned Lewis Seen as far as getting him out there. And I think we talked about this the last couple of weeks, triple safety sets that they can bring out. Here's a problem, that the, a good problem that the Vikings have. We mentioned this earlier. You said as far as the notes on Brian Asamoa, the negatives about him is, well, he's a bit undersized, kind of a hybrid safety type of player. Brian Asamoa is a damn good player. So if you're talking, obviously, between him and Lewis Seen, you play Seen. But the Vikings have options to play. If they want to go small and fast, Asamoa and Seen. But my thing is, why not get both of those guys out there? Mm-hmm. And especially in obvious passing downs, if Asamoa continues to progress, you can have him replace Jordan Hicks. And if Bynum is playing the nickel position, Lewis Seen, he plays safety opposite of Harrison Smith. You can have all these guys on the field at the same damn time. Football, man. This, 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 there's a lot of talent here and a lot. Whereas before I said this defense, I don't know. They, yeah. And granted, I think overall total defense, we're still looking at 
17th, 18th in the league. But like you mentioned, it's still a big step up compared to last year, the last two years for that matter. But, oh, my, I feel so much better with the talent that we have that we've seen in the preseason so far. There's a bit of a log jam. Yeah. As far as players that you have, Caleb Evans is really making a name for himself. Brian mm-hmm. Asamoa, you, you've got T.Y. Miguel. You've got players all over the place. This defense is going to be special. Randy, going back to the offensive side of the ball and honestly kind of dipping into special teams too, um, you know, they're clearly wanting to give Amir Smith-Marset the opportunity oh, to God. be a punt returner. I actually, I like him as a wide receiver. I told you he would be the second best wide receiver on the Bears Dude might be the second best wide receiver if he was on the Green Bay Packers right now with how thin they are and how yeah. pissed Aaron Rodgers is kidding. Uh, but they True. want they want Amir Smith Marset to be the punter. He muffs one. They've been looking for stability at punt returner basically since Marcus Sherrill's left. Um, your thoughts on Amir Smith Marset as the wide receiver and also his utilization as being a punt returner for the Vikings this season? Well, don't stop there at punt returner because he opened the game against the Niners with the kickoff return and bobbled the ball for a touchback. So in terms of him being a return man at all, we need to shut that the hell up right now. I don't want that to really influence the the thoughts on him as a receiver because I think he's really good. He, along with Tristan Jackson, you can take your pick between the two, who you would put ahead of who. I think they're both very good receivers. Tristan Jackson, very good receiver. But, I mean, on kickoff returns, my God, you got Kane and Wangu. Just keep that going. No need to change that up. But punt return, you're right. I think the thing is with Marcus Sherrills is he was such a – I don't even know how to describe this. He was the guy that could get everything done that you needed baseline. Yeah, He wouldn't fumble the ball. He was, he could secure the ball. He wouldn't turn the ball over. He was safe. You could rely on him. But guess what? He's not going to be Devin Hester or he's not going to bust a couple of missed tackles off for a touchdown. He wouldn't do that, but he was reliable. We, with Amir Smith Marset, you don't have that right now. You need to look elsewhere. But him as a receiver, I think he's fine, which is why I just saw a short while ago. The receiver depth for this team oh is so great. They released Albert Wilson, which I knew that was going to happen, Right. by the way. Once they signed him, I said, you let go of A.J. Rose. They do have Ty Chandler, so I need to get over that. I like A.J. Rose Jr., but I said, once they signed him, Albert Wilson, to let go of A.J. Rose Jr., I said, you're going to let go of Albert Wilson at some point. But anyway, getting back to the point, with Amir Smith-Marset, this wide receiver group is so deep yeah, man. that – they're good. Eventually, Thielen's going to be gone. Exactly. I think they're in good hands. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I know we disagree on when Thielen potentially could be moved on from. Uh, but in general, their mm-hmm. their depth. If they lose a guy, you know, obviously if they lost Jefferson, that that's a loss. But well, but Amir Smith Marset having to step up, KJ Osborne stepping up in training camp. There are so many options here uh, for the Vikings at wide receiver that I think is just so interesting that it it makes the case that man, this is the deepest by far in the in the NFC North, might, hell, might be in the NFC. I know we're biased, we're watching, and we're plugged into this team more than other teams in the NFL, but it's legitimately one of the deepest wide receiving rooms in the entire league, and they could use all four of these dudes. Like, you know, the Bears and Packers yeah. would love Amir Smith-Marset as a one or two option here, and, and he's the fourth. He's the fourth option for the for Kirk Cousins on the wide receiver part. Uh, quickly, Randy, before I get to our Nick Mullins conversation, 
your thoughts um, on the tight end position. My guy, Zach Davidson, dropping some passes, not exactly the cleanest game. If they don't have Herb Smith Jr. ready, dude, like Johnny Munt, Zach Davidson, like we already had like question marks, like, oh, how would that look? I think it'd be pretty disastrous if one of if those two dudes have to be used and relied upon as tight end one and tight end two. Well, they keep giving updates on Irv Smith Jr., and it seems like they feel more and more confident that he'll be ready for week one against the Packers. Declan, I'm trying to be positive here, man. Yeah. Don't throw this negative <laughs> stuff at me. I'm trying to avoid all the stuff that we can tear to shreds. Zach Davison, number 40. My God, can you catch the football? Zach Davison, I'm going to tell you who Zach Davison is. Zach Davison is me. In high school, I was super athletic, still am right now. I can run faster than people. I can make my cuts. I can get separation. I can jump higher than a lot of people. I'm only 5'10". I can jump for days. But you know what? When it comes to coordination (laughs) in basketball, in a situation to where an open court layup, there's a good chance I'm going to airball it. Or playing football, I could get separation. Oh, my God. Whoa, my! Look at this guy. He's getting open. Throw me the ball. Now, in my defense, you throw the ball up to me to where I jump to go get it, I can catch it. Randy Moss level. But if you throw a bullet pass straight to the chest, it's going to bounce off my hands. That's Zach Davidson. We're talking about a professional (laughs) tight end who can't catch the football. What are we talking about here? Yeah, man. If Earth Smith Jr. is not ready, Throw the whole tight end group in the trash. Put in CJ Ham. Let him yeah. line up at tight end. I agree. This is a disaster. Just let them be blockers. Just let like mutton but like be blockers. Get, if that means like, four wide receiver sets, get Amir Smith Marset in the field. I'd rather have that than having to throw to a guy like Davidson or Johnny Mutt. You may as well, right? Um, it, it, there, there's no point for it. Well, he should be cut. Davidson yeah. should be cut. This he probably week. will. He probably will. All right, man. We talked about it. Um, I talked about Phil Mackey on this channel earlier. You can hit the subscribe button, by the way. Daily Minnesota Vikings Entertainment. This is Realistic Randy Rants on the Score North and Purple Daily YouTube channel. Uh, your thoughts on Nick Mullins, man. We 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 saw Kellen Monich on Manning play for two games. I think when you saw Kevin O'Connell's comments after the game, I don't know if you watched his press conference, but he kind of read it between some tea leaves. Basically said, we have to figure out this pretty dang quick, this this QB2 decision, whether it's internal or finding an external option. The Vikings make the decision to send a conditional seventh uh, in 2024, by the way, to the Raiders for Nick Mullins, who will most likely come in here, and I would assume be QB2 to Kirk Cousins. Your thoughts on the Vikings uh, making a push for Nick Mullins here? We can finally put the QB topic to bed. Nick Mullins is the perfect backup quarterback in this league he has real quality experience 17 starts that he has over 4700 yards thrown and i thought i really thought that the vikings were going to roll into this season with manian and mon on the roster and it's funny because watching this preseason against the raiders against the niners the quarterbacks that they had, the opponents had versus the Vikings defense. By the way, they're all competing for backup jobs, mind you. Yep. Watching these quarterbacks against the Vikings defense, I said, must be nice. <laughs> they had poise. They had they threw the ball with purpose. They had the right idea behind their throws. And then you compare that to what we had at the quarterback depth before today. You could see the stress 
in their faces. Kellen Mond, deer in the headlights. Eyes got super large. Oh, my God. Oh, this is a little bit tough. And you know what? Beyond the get, I wouldn't even say gadget plays, bro. Beyond the dump-off passes, the short passes, the quick outlet passes, expecting anything beyond that for Kellen Mond is football malpractice. And then Sean Mannion, red in the face. Oh, I, I hope I can get this pass off. It was a disaster. I'm so glad it's finally put to bed. Nick Mullins is going to be a great fit for this team. I'm glad this team addressed a major need. Quasi Adolfo Mensa, I've had my problems with him the way he addressed the draft. I don't, I'm not upset about the players that he got. I like the players that he got. I just feel like with the trades that he made, he could have had those same players mm-hmm. plus more. But you know what? He deserves credit because with Rick Spielman, Sean Mannion would still be on this team. There would be no quarterback two competition. It would be Sean Mannion and Kellen Mond still on this roster with Nick Mullins. You have a chance if Kirk Cousins goes down, which is all we can ask for. Look, Nick Mullins is exactly what you want in a backup QB, right? A guy who has started 17 games, um, thrown 26 touchdowns to 22 picks, has been thrown into it a little bit in San Francisco. He, he ended up like on three different practice squads and still started a game for Cleveland last year when Baker Mayfield missed time. Um, I think this is exactly what you want in a backup QB. And again, I think I think uh, to your point of putting the QB2 discussion to bed, it's important to mention that they needed a, a backup quarterback and no one is asking that Nick Mullins or whoever was going to be, whether it was Kellen Mond, Sean Mannion, another backup option. No one is suggesting that that should be the QB one. It's if the QB one and Kirk cousins goes down, which he has not yet, but if he does, who can start for you, who can give you at least a chance to win. And for whatever reason, Sean Mannion, I think it's because of his brain, I guess. And just his influence has kept a job for as long as he has. Kellen Mond was a great prospect and a really good player at Texas A&M, but obviously was going to be a project. You know, if you're going to have a, like a, a backup QB, this is the comparison I made with Phil. You should have someone who has at least been there and done that before. Nick Mullins has started games before. Sean Manning has started two to three games completely out of necessity in garbage time situations. I know last year against the Packers wasn't necessarily a garbage time decision, but still you knew you were going to be shipwrecked there. You got to get a guy who actually has been there and done it a little bit. And Nick Mullins, if Kirk missed a game for whatever reason, I just feel a hell of a lot better that he can run the offense, not bleep down his leg, and things will be absolutely a okay. So I, I applaud it too. And, and you know, Spielman, I think would have waited. Right, he would have waited for that third preseason game to come through, and then you make the pick. And then it's like, well, the season starts in nine days, and now we're gonna get a backup QB trying to get acclimated in time. Uh, I think the fact that they just went out and said, you know what, let's just let's solve this. Let's let's go get Nick Mullins. They'll make a decision. I'm guessing it's probably cutting Sean Mannion and keeping Kellen Mond when they actually get the roster down to 53. I don't think they'll practice squad Kellen Mond because they could still lose him to waivers. I think they'll probably keep the three on okay. the roster. But yeah. and honestly, I mean, I would prefer to keep Kellen Mond, but I'm not going to lose sleep either if he ends up getting on the practice squad and someone probably takes him. Whether he as in Kellen Mond, is on this team or not. It is nothing to raise hell about. There has been nothing, and I get it. I said last week, I don't want to contradict myself. Give him another year max, okay? This is the first year he's getting any sort of quarterback development, but I feel like even regardless of that, his second year out of Texas A&M, we should see something to suggest, okay, there's some progression here, and we haven't seen that at all. I feel like, with Spielman, 
either Mannion would be a lock on this roster, or if he were to make a move like the Vikings did today with Nick Mullins, instead of a conditional seventh that Quazy gave up, Spielman would have given up. He would have given up a third or fourth round pick. Yeah, yeah. He would have given up way too much for this guy. So either way, I'm glad it's put to bed. We can finally move on from that, make a move at center. But this is a guy with Mannion or Mon. If Kirk were to go down, it's one of those things where we have to cover the games. So we have to talk about it, right. and that's fine. But as far as a general fan, if Kirk goes down and we had the players that before today they would be on this roster. Why would you watch the games? Right. There's no point except for your own twisted fun. It wouldn't be fun at all. But with Nick Mullins, you have a chance. Yeah. He has real quality experience. This was a great move by the Vikings today. Yeah. And look, if, if Kellen Mond isn't that guy and he, he loses him to waivers, all right, so be it. You know, I, I think, I think last week we, we kind of looked, man. We, we looked at the first preseason game like, oh, all right, finally. Some semblance of a step. Some, you, you, you use the word progression, right? Like, oh, all right. Some solid step in progression. At least a, call it a baby step. Whatever. It was a step. And then Something. Something. Because there was nothing that there was on tape that you could really say and look and say, all right, Kellen Mond's going to take the next step forward. He'll be a legitimate backup QB or maybe a starter one day. And then I think looking back at the Niners game, reading reports out at practice, Kellen Mond is who he is, and, and it's going to be a long time before he's probably a viable option to start a game at quarterback. And the Vikings can't really afford, with the talent on their roster right now, to start him in a pinch or even have him relied upon to start in multiple games. Nick Mullins, again, if Nick Mullins is starting multiple games, yeah, I don't feel great about the Vikings' chances, sure. but I feel a hell of a lot better them squeezing and stealing a win than I do with Kellen Mond or Sean Mannion. It's kind of my thoughts on yeah. it, too. Eventually, even if you have to make some sort of other move, is Blake Bortles on a team at all? I think he's sitting on is his he butt. A free agent? I think he's on a scout, yeah, you yeah. can sign him. Who cares? There are players out there that can give you way more than what you had before today. I'm just so glad Sean Mannion should be cut. I don't know if he's going to be cut in the final week next week, mm-hmm. but he should be cut eventually. Kellerman, I literally don't care. I, I just feel like we should see something, and we've seen nothing. Everything from him. Him throwing the ball downfield is a disaster. He, Declan, I'm not even kidding. You and I could be out there. If you want to have it between <laughs> Randy and Declan, you, me, and Kellen Mond, the challenge of throwing the ball downfield, just that, we'd all be equals. Yeah. And, was, that's, and that's the problem because he's getting paid a half million dollars at least to to sail the ball out of bounds, whereas us you can pay us like you can pay us forty grand and we'll be happy. There was uh, there was some Uncle Rico throws with Kellen Mond I saw and said just like just he just little little little, little chucks in the air that weren't had had no missile behind him had no ump behind him and it was just oh god that is that is an atrocious pass yeah he's just not ready and that's okay the Vikings went out and got Nick Mullins. I'm I'm a fan of it. Good for Kwesi to address the need now, and hopefully they have a legitimate QB two. And we can, to your point from the onslaught of this, is put this to bed, put it to bed. Randy, before we wrap up, man, uh, any final thoughts? Austin Schlotman. We talked about this earlier. If we're talking about maybe usurping Garrett Bradbury for the starting center position, let's see him against Denver. Mm-hmm. As far as what else I want to see in this final preseason game. 
rest your starters again. There's no point. I don't want to see. There are too many. There is, what, Kayvon Thibodeau from the Giants yesterday against the Bengals, a cheap shot by yeah. Thaddeus Moss, yeah. who there are some back and forth as far as, well, you know, it was clean, well, it was dirty, and I know he's the son of the great Randy Moss. That was a dirty play. We don't need any of our starters potentially getting injured in a preseason game. Rest your starters again. Play Nick Mullins. Go ahead and play him. Yeah. But Austin Schlotman is the guy that I'm going to be locked on on. Ed Ingram, there's nothing else to see. He's your starting right guard. Austin Slotman, beat him. I love or it. make a move at center. Do something. I like it. I like it a lot, man. All right, this is Realistic Randy Rance. Hit the subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Vikings Entertainment. We just want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl before we die. We don't have to talk about backup quarterbacks much anymore. So that is established, thank goodness. And they don't have to see Randy or I have to potentially be a backup quarterback, even though that would be hilarious to watch. That'd be more for entertainment, in my opinion, Randy. At least me throwing a football than it'd probably be for you. I think we're on the same level throwing deep passes to Kevin Kellerman. I love I it. I really think we are. All right, man. Hey, we'll talk next Monday again after the Vikings uh, final preseason game. We're getting closer. Just a little less than three weeks away from opening week at U.S. Bank Stadium against the Green Bay Packers. Hit the subscribe button. Daily Minnesota Vikings Entertainment. This has been Realistic Randy Rance. Peace. Hey, it's me, your Uncle Cooper. Sorry to interrupt your music. I do love music, especially when it's set at a reasonable volume. You know, music is really only as good as your speakers. The same is true for minivans. A minivan is only as good as the tires it sits on. And the button on the screen there, it agrees with me. If you click on it, it'll bring you to all the Cooper minivan tires that'll make your minivan a really good minivan. Go with the Coopers! Cooper!